0: friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back or enjoy your drive and let's get authentic, real and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilcutt. And I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready.
1: In season two, episode 15, Sasha interviews speaker, stylist and image consultant,
0: Marianne Vaccaro. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilcut. Welcome to the Brave Enough Show. It's your host Dr. Sasha Shilcut. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so honored today. I have such a fun guest, someone who is outside of medicine but actually helps a lot of professional women and a lot of physicians. So, I think it's going to be very applicable to our listeners whether you are a lawyer, whether you are a doctor, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a stay-at-home parent. You're going to find what she has to talk about and what we have to talk about really fun today. But first, I want to encourage you. You know, that my book Between Grit and Grace is coming out in February, and I am launching a book club. I'm taking a group of special women through the book one week at a time. We're going to do a chapter a week, and we're going to go through and we're going to have a fun book club where we're going to talk about the book and have discussion about it, and we're going to learn and we're going to get to know each other. So, if you're interested, go to becomebraveenough.com and click on Between Grit and Grace and join the book club. You do not want to miss out. I'm so excited about it. But without further ado, I am so honored today to have have a good dear friend of mine and an amazing an amazing entrepreneur speaker and stylist st- stylist excuse me and image consultant Marianne Vaccaro. She is from Omaha, Nebraska, which we are so blessed to have right here in the Midwest. But she is an amazing, amazing woman with an amazing story. She has created over 40,000 original design patterns. I mean, she has done it all. And she has done it while being in the middle of the country, away from what some would consider to be high fashion industries and the ability to really network and do all these things just basically through her own work ethic and grit. And I have gotten to know her over the last year, and she has taught me so much just watching her. Um, She is a leader. She's an encourager of women, and she's an amazing, amazing stylist. So welcome to the show, Marianne Vaccaro.
1: Thank you, Sasha. And boy, Thank you for all the wonderful things you said about me. I'm just me
0: doing what
1: I do naturally. Okay. And
0: what I love. So the first time I have to sh- tell everybody the story, the very first time I ever met you, I felt like I was going into this like world of beauty. Cause I walked into your um, space and your little loft basement area. And there was just all these beautiful fabrics and you were standing there and you were in all black and you had, you know, a measuring tape hanging around your neck and you were just like, so together and yet so approachable. And I just, we just hit it off right away. Wouldn't you say?
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. We did. You're easy. You're easy to look, Sasha. (laughs) And and, and, and I have to tell you, I, you know, I, we're all interested in who we are, and we take these tests and everything. And one of the things that is one of my top characteristics is that I have this strong sense of empathy. So when I meet a person, I become that person, and I can already in looking at the person, I can see and understand what it is that I can do with and for that person to bring out that person's finest qualities and still make it all happen. So I'm looking at you when I have a new challenge and... I'm excited to get started. And if the creative process goes on in my mind and I become you at the same time, creating another imaginary me, I don't know. It's just (laughs) just all the process that's been what it's been all of these years.
0: So tell us, tell our audience, how did you, growing up in Omaha, Nebraska, get to be this like amazing, you know everyone knows who you are in our community. Everyone knows who you are in, in the, in the region and people know who you are in the fashion world. And so how did you get from Omaha, Nebraska to, you know, New York? And how did you just tell us kind of the, the five minute story of how you grew and how you knew that this was what you were supposed to do in life?
1: Well, there's something in life that we refer to as the soul's call and being planted in the place that you need to be so that you can grow, but grow according to what's best for you. So I was born into this all-Italian family, and we lived in an Italian neighborhood in Omaha. We were, I was the oldest of four children. We lived with my grandmother, all in one house, but my grandparents and my parents, believed strongly in the importance of dressing and making a good impression. My grandmother would tell a story of, after her first husband died very young, needing to get a job, going out trying to become a seamstress, and being turned down, and then going back a couple days later and being all dressed up and given the job as the manager foreman. And hearing those stories led me to believe there was magic in clothes. And they dressed me, and everywhere I go I realized that the amount of attention that I would command would depend on how I was dressed. So I loved all of that until I became too chubby for store-bought clothes. And my design career started when I was five years old and I was crying and my grandmother offered to make me whatever I designed to wear to my first day of kindergarten. And from that time forward, she enabled and brought up this creativity in me, along with my mother, mm. whose mantra is what I believe in, So strongly today, quality is long remembered once price has been forgotten. Mm. And I then needed to learn to draw. So I learned to draw by tracing figures out of magazines and newspapers. And by the time I was in high school, they recognized my talent. And as long as I could keep my grades up, I could take two art classes a day. Then after high school, I, went, I thought I wanted to go to college in New York, but I didn't know anything about New York, and my father was highly opposed, so I got a full scholarship to Minneapolis College of Art and Design where I could get a BFA in fashion, but I didn't stay there. I graduated from UNO with a DSA in art and a minor in art history. And while I was in school, I was um, working as a fashion illustrator and copywriter at a department store and as the assistant theater costumer at UNO. So I was like always working, always working, but always working at what I loved. And then after I graduated high school... I mean, after I graduated college, excuse me, I did go to New York. And I moved into the Barbizon Hotel for Women, just as Grace Kelly, Liza Minnelli, Candace Bergen, Alan McGraw, and even Joan Crawford had done. And um, I attended a design school for a short time until the owner of the school said, you know, you don't even need to be here. Why don't you go and get a job? So I hit the streets in New York looking for jobs. And, um, I found that I could get internships at fabulous places, but I needed money to live on. So I came back to fashion illustrating and copywriting in Omaha. And the day, the morning after I came back, I met the man I married within 30 days and we started our custom design business because he was a tailor and he was so talented. I could see it just in what he was wearing on the day I met him and I knew he was the person for me. Um, there were a lot of obstacles, and I don't know what you want to know in regards to all of that, or if any, yeah, you know, we can move on. If there's anything that um, I said that, you know, brings wonder or question to mind, just
0: shoot. So, at any point, I mean, obviously, you are this, you know, tiny, small Italian girl who literally picks up and moves to New York city, moves into this area, uh, this hotel starts going to this fashion design school where the owner says, you know what, you you don't need this. You're already qualified. Just go get a job and then start, uh-huh. you know, find your way back to Omaha and start your own custom design company. I am sure there were people who said, looked at you and went like, what are you doing? Or you can't do this. Or told you that in your ear, I'm assuming there were people that were naysayers or people giving you negative feedback. What was your response to that? Because I think there's a lot of women that feel like this is the path that I should be on because this is the path everybody expects me to be on. But maybe I really want to do this thing, but I'm too afraid to fail. Like I'm sure there were failures in early in your startup. I'm sure there were times where you felt like an imposter. How did you overcome those?
1: You know, I have a little uh, saying in my studio. That's the way I live. I dwell in possibility. I think that what I'm doing now doesn't mean anything about where it might take me. And if, what I, if I can survive on what I'm doing now and it makes me feel fulfilled and it makes somebody else more beautiful and happy, that's what I want to be and do wherever I am. I think the way the fashion industry is set up in New York, I never could have had the people collection and the family collection that I have as I have it here and now. And, you know, it's a god thing to me. I just feel blessed. And I I I appreciate what I can do and, you know, starting here, I didn't know I'd be here forever doing it. And then with my ex husband, we did go to New York on a regular basis. And by nineteen eighty six it will be managing director of Carolina Herrera he had created a business plan for us. And we were going to be the next Diana Negan in New York. I'm listening to Diana Negan when first in the <laughs> Maybe like, that's who they are because I'm so much older, maybe. Um, but anyway... What happened is nobody realized how much money it takes to start a fashion business. For one thing, it was was hard for us, just as we were. But um, then once you get into the big business, it's millions. And when the plan was drawn up and they went to banks and people and it was like, okay, $2 million dollars for the first year you need a three-year commitment so we need a minimum of six million dollars and all of this was coming to be and then the person who was supposed to make that investment and was to be our backer died suddenly and that didn't happen and that was when my ex left me um and at that same time people said to me oh marianne now this is your chance you just made your son in omaha with your mom and your sister and go to New York and, you know, now you can get a job any place you want. And I was like, oh, uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, as a woman, I the first important thing to me is my family and my son. And then um, knowing that I had people I was working with already here who were my clients and knowing that there were others I could reach. I knew because of what I did and how I did it, that the business would grow. And I had a wonderful team of people who worked for me and I love them to this day. And I felt responsible for them to be able to keep their jobs and to have them with me. So, I always knew that I was in the right place for who I
0: was. I love that. And I love that you I, also, you, I love that that what you said about dwelling in possibility and just having confidence to know that you you were where you knew you were supposed to be despite all of the obstacles and the turmoil and the loss of your financial backer and all these things you just persisted. Right?
1: Because it's it's just what I, it's what I am, it's what I do. And, you know, it's this thing about quality, too. I i know, you know, I grew the business after my, when my ex left. I took it to another level beyond where ever was with him. And it was because it was, like, always wanted to take it to the highest point. And I... I could I knew that I understood the women. Because you know, when you have that hardship of growing up overweight, you know how everything feels. And for every client whose measurements I ever took, I while I'm taking the measurements, I know the pressure that's on her shoulder if her breasts are large. I understand how she which when she feels self conscious about when when she's bloated. I know I know what she means about all of these things about how she wants to be able to look stunning and be comfortable at the same time. So stealing, people understood that I could steal what they wanted as long as, as, long, as well as see what they wanted.
0: I love that. And it's so true because whenever I've come over to your studio for a fitting or to try on some things and to help just have you give me your feedback, I don't, it's like, I don't even have to tell you, you just pick out stuff that maybe I wouldn't pick out, but I always feel very confident in it. And I, and you'll, and you can tell instantly if whatever you've picked out makes me feel confident or not. Um, and I love that you, you know, you're not critical. Um, you're very complimentary and you always work to make me feel really great. Even if I'm, you know, I'm just coming from the hospital and I haven't even like done my hair or showered in 24 hours. I still feel like when I leave spending an hour with you, I always feel better about myself. And I love that. I love that you understand women. And so tell me about like, what would you say are some top style tips for women? Because we, I think one of the thing that, things that paralyzes women when it comes to fashion or when it comes to style or when it comes to picking out a wardrobe is there's just so much out there and we women just don't know where to start so they just kind of freeze so give us some of your top style points
1: well i will i believe you should buy quality not quantity and we're living in a time right now where cheap quantity and flashy look and all of that is what out there and appealing to a lot of people but you as a physician and me as a designer um i tell everyone remember what you put on your body as well as you, what you put in your body should not be junk <laughs> like, there's a healthy way to eat and a healthy way to dress and it and quality is an important part of all of that you know, the other thing is, it's irresponsible responsible, the bike should close. It all ends up in the landfill. Now, some things, you know, it's understandable. But for the most part, invest in quality, you'll be better off for it. And I, I love it's that. Important to, it's important to realize that less is more. You know, people worry too much like, oh, I wore that before. How can I wear it again? The designer, Halston, wore the same, well, I don't know if it was the same ones, but he wore black pants and a black turtleneck every day with only a few basic jackets for variation it's a fact that chanel was known to wear the same suit every day for a week and more Mm -hmm. i mean if people like if that's what they do it's fine now when you don't have that much it's easier to work with it but you have to have accessories accessories are important beautiful scarves classic and fun jewelry things that will update your basics and transform them a little bit. I have people who tell me, but, oh, I can't tie stars. Well, I just let it hang. You know, it's just there for color. You don't need a lot of handbags, but they need do need to be quality. And, you know, if you can afford the designer ones, it's nice. If you can't, as long as it's a quality understated bag, that's important. Shoes that fit correctly are very important. You know, they affect your posture. The posture is power. The posture is everything. Nothing looks sillier to me than a woman in four-inch heels, tilted forward, because she walks with a frown and, and she has no grace. So she doesn't carry her clothes off long. Well, you know, part of how wonderful we look is the way we present ourselves. And, you know, it's your posture. It's your movement. All of those things that make your clothes look even better. Uh, so, you know, like I'm saying... Shoes are very important, and there are plenty of stylish ones that are comfortable in today's world. It isn't like you have to wear ugly ones just to be comfortable. I like—I believe so much in like the importance of shoes and fit that I wish everyone could read the book Salvatore Ferragamo, Shoemaker of Dreams, because it gives you an all-new appreciation for your feet as your foundation and how they affect your physical health and
0: how they affect the way you look and dress. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful book. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure we put it in the, in the notes. Cause I think that there's oh, probably a lot of women who've never read that, but I've never read that. So I, I'm now I'm writing it down. I love what well, you said I'm about gonna... posture is power because I know when I'm going to stand on a stage, I, you know, I don't, I don't always dress, you know, perfectly every time I leave my house, I have four kids. I'm running to the soccer field. I'm running to the hospital, to the basketball. I'm, I'm running to and from, and I have, I I don't always dress, you know, up, but I always try to look my best when I leave because I hear my grandmother in my head saying, it takes just as much time to put on a nice pair of pants and a shirt than it does to put on a sloppy pair of pants and a shirt. (laughs) So, but I do know that whenever I'm I have something important whenever I have to go to a committee meeting or whether I, when I have to stand on a stage and present, it is really important to me that I dress for me, that I dress because in a way that makes me feel powerful. And everyone always assumes that I'm dressing for other people, but I'm actually dressing so that I feel confident. If that makes sense.
1: It makes total sense. That's the most important way to dress for yourself. I mean, that is what gives you your confidence. And that's how other people come to understand who you really are. You know, it, let's see. Uh, somebody, somebody was telling me that um, the way you're dressed is the visual portfolio. <laughs> oh, oh
0: I know, love that. I love that. that. That's another good one. And you
1: know what? There are a lot of parts to us you know, as both men and women and with with the lifestyles we lead. So, you know, there are times you want one look and times that you just don't like, just you might want another. Now, another thing that is very important as a style tip and a clothing tip is the importance of alterations. Too many people buy things and wear them just as they are and don't realize that the investment that they put into alteration makes all the difference in the world in how they carry and wear the clothes. You know, if if your clothes don't fit properly, they they look like, you know, they belong to somebody else or like you gained your lost weight or like you bought them on sale. and a good alteration person is someone you should really appreciate because if you haven't done alteration and you don't understand what's involved, you really don't know how important their know-how is for you. Um,
0: I, this is something so, that I did not know until I met you. But I, I can honestly say this. I would just always wear clothes off the rack and I would be really frustrated because they didn't fit. all. So I would just send them probably. I send three quarters of what I order back, but you have taught me this. You have taught me to size up and then have it altered down to fit.
1: Well, and some things can be altered and some things cannot. And that's why it's important that once you find a good person, you stick with that good person. Because some people, you know, basically attack a garment and start to make changes on it. And 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 it's not something that really, in transformation, will work out properly for you anyway. And that's what I can do. I can tell you, you know, okay, this is worth ordering because... This is this is good in terms of how it will relate to your fit and adapt to your fit, even if it isn't your size. And other pieces, you know, might be the same size and in the same collection, and not work for you at
0: all. I love that. Okay, so what do you tell now? This is something I hear all the time. I hear women say to me, "Well." I would love to dress up. I would love to look nice every day, going to work, going to, you know, my job or going to run and do this or going on a date with my, my spouse. I would love to dress up, but I'm not at the right size. I'm not the right size. I'm not my best size. I'm overweight. I'm this, I'm that, or I just don't feel like, you know, dressing up because I've gained 10 pounds or 20 pounds or 50 pounds or whatever. And, I find that it's always, I, I mean, this is what I hear over and over and over. And from, to me, I, I know what that's like. I've completely understand because I've felt that way, but I also know that when I do dress up, even at my current size, whatever, or my current way I feel that day, I always feel better at the end. So what do you say to those women who say, well, I would love to get a stylist and I would love to update my wardrobe, but I'm just not the right size yet.
1: Oh, you know what? That is such a difficult one because the majority of women are that way. I don't care if they're... Five foot seven and one hundred and sixteen pounds. They want to be one hundred and fifteen, and that one pound drives them crazy. I know.
0: <laughs> I know. It's so we're so hard it's on all, ourselves. We are so hard on gorgeous.
1: ourselves. I to, I've always wanted to put a sign over my mirror. And, or, and I, I remember I used to go into the. Uh, I would go back into the sewing room after after somebody would have a fitting, and the girls would say something to me like, "Well, you know, um, is it ready? Are we going to do the hem now?" And I'd say, "No, we have to wait a minute." The W E I G H T, because weight was always the issue that made us wait. It.
0: it, it was, I know, it was, I know. It's so true. Why are we so hard on thing. ourselves?
1: Oh yeah, we really are. We really are. We're too hard on ourselves. But you know, here's the thing. You, you have to. You have to look good regardless of what your weight is and when you're a little bit overweight or a little bit uncomfortable with it that's when you should be looking all the better and I, I I have I have a number of women who say to me oh you know Marianne I always wanted to come to you but I'm just too heavy I'll come when I lose weight and I, and I wanted to just say you know Come and make yourself look terrific now. Right. And then when you lose weight, I mean, you're still buying something for the time being. Let it be something good. Right. Uh, And you know what? I do the same thing. And, you know, there's plenty of black clothes out there anyway.
0: (laughs) I know exactly. Just wear black. I always, yes. I always tell people like, just, just wear a nice black pencil skirt and a nice black sweater or blouse or something. And everybody looks good in that, that, you know, like, but it's funny because I think it's almost like we're so hard on ourselves as women that we compare ourselves to, you know, Instagram and magazines and model supermodels. And we think that we don't deserve to look pretty. I hear this all the time. Well, I don't really deserve that. And I think, Oh my goodness. I mean, I work, these are women physicians that I work with who are some of the hardest working women in the world who have gone to school for over a decade to get to where they are. And they don't feel like they deserve to buy this beautiful dress because they're 20 pounds overweight and it breaks my heart. And I'll say, or they, they don't feel great about themselves because they haven't been exercising or whatever they're exhausted. And I say, but you know what, if you, that, that should be a reason for you to feel better about yourself and to dress up and to buy yourself something nice to make you feel better because nothing makes you feel better than when you have clothes that fit and flatter you at any size. And we all deserve that. I mean, we are our own biggest enemies, I think, and, and critics. And so I love that you have that approach. You always make me feel terrific um, at every size, no matter when I come and visit you, <laughs> no matter what's going on.
1: I, I do see that... The the next generation is coming into this all with a different mindset, more accepting of being a variety of sizes. You know, um, there are a lot of young girls out there who are bigger than what I used to see. (laughs) And they are, and, and and they dress just as, you know, it's like the 160-pound girl is wearing a dress just as sexy as the 110-pound girl is, because this is who I am, this is my size, and I will be me. But if we haven't grown up with that mindset, we're still in this trap of oh God, I'm two pounds up, oh God, I'm ten pounds up, you know, and I'm not me because I want to be thinner, I mean, world that way so um, I don't know if there's really any solution to it it's just just wear wear the best you can wear for whoever you are Whenever that's you know, <laughs> I don't know. If this is the no, thing I that.
0: no, I I love that. I love that, and I think that it's going to resonate. And so, I just wanted to encourage um, you if you are listening um, and you need a stylist. Marianne works with uh, people in our community, but she also has an online uh, style business, and she can you know, help you dress you for a special occasion or for an important meeting. She, I often use her for my speaking engagements or just when I want to have a specific look and I want to feel comfortable and she's very approachable. And so I want everyone who's listening to know how to get in contact with you and tell us a little bit about Carlisle and what you do with your style services.
1: Well, after I after my design business had been going and going, and going for so many years in about two thousand eleven when um it was hard to keep assistance and um clothes being made overseas were a lower price and the attitude of how to dress had become so much more casual, I did start working for Carlisle, New York selling their clothes. And in less than a year I was one of their top stylists and I have hundreds of clients, yes. And I do sell Carlisle because though so everything isn't exactly as I would have designed it. The collections are beautiful and the quality is the best in the marketplace. Carlisle compares to designer at less than half the price and my clients rely on me to coordinate for them individually what suits them, what flatters them, all those things that we have talked about. So, um, and I do, I can sell it virtually, but, you know, it's like I just talked to them about, well, how are people going to find me? I think the easiest way to find me is you just Google Marianne Vaccaro Fashion Designer and it's M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-E. V-A-C-C-A-R-O. And when you do that, a lot comes up. Now I have a terrible website. You talk <laughs> about image. <laughs> you talk about image. But see, it's like it's never been an issue to me. And um, there are maybe 15 designs on that website that kind of represent what my personal designs were about. And you can get the impression from that that you know you're going to be steered in the right direction. And there's a contact place at mariannevicaro.com, And if you do that, it sends an email to me and then I can get back to you. So that's, Probably the best way to be in touch with me, whether it's just out of
0: curiosity or wanting to shop for Carlisle. I love it. I love it. And so we talked about so many good things. We talked about overcoming obstacles, about thinking about your soul's calling and dwelling on the possibility, knowing where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be. It's so important to stay true to yourself. And how your first impression is really a display of who you are to whoever you're meeting, and how important it is to have you know good posture and good shoes that fit, because then you're going to have good posture and close the fit, because then you're going to have confidence and you're going to feel good in your skin no matter what size you are. You deserve that. And so, if you're listening today, I hope that we gave you some great tips on how to dress. And if you want to get a hold of Marianne Vaccaro, just Google her. There's many ways to get in touch with her. If not, reach out to me. I can definitely connect you. She dresses me for many occasions and she's just a wonderful friend. And she is someone who's going to give you feedback on what kinds of things you could be wearing and what kinds of things maybe don't flatter you. And, but she does it all in a very loving tone. So thank you again, Marianne, for coming on. And it's just been so fun to chat with you today. Thank you. God
1: bless you, Sasha.
0: And as always, live brave. This has been an HSG production.